0: The Detroit Tigers have won four games in a row now in the road to avoiding an 100-loss season. They're getting hot a little late in the season here uh, with a extra innings win over the Kansas City Royals at home. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Benley. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. The Detroit Tigers win their fourth straight game, as we said, in the Cold Open. A uh, fun ball game. Fun ball game to watch, fun ball game to be a spectator of. The Kansas City Royals are not having a very good season. We kind of talked about this at the end of uh, all the days. Our time is a flat circle. Last week, I don't even remember. Uh, But we did something. I think it was definitely last week. We we talked about, you know, the, uh, the, the AL Central and the future of it and all the teams within it and such. Kinsey Royals aren't good. And I think they only have a game and a half on us with nine games left. So, like, there's even a chance there that the Royals still finish with a worse record than the Detroit Tigers. Um Yeah, look, I, I mean this is a a rebuild that I think is really close to being able to point to and say this failed. They certainly still have some young pieces. Uh I, I like some of their pitching going forward still. Uh, I mean, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. is is still a phenomenal talent and will only get better. Like all of that is true, but the, the rest of it is really bad. And so the fact that we have a worse record than them and have a really legitimate chance of finishing the season with a worse record with that than them, immediately embarrassing, bad, terrible, hate it, disgusting, vomit inducing, blah, 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 puke everywhere. Like it, that's that's not good. And it's something that coming into the season, I never would have predicted. I I was low on the Royals all year Uh, coming into the season. They were the easy fifth place team in my eyes. I I mean, this was, I, I would have been shocked. I would have asked you what went wrong. Like what could have possibly have happened for the Tigers to have finished with the worst record than the Royals. And that looks like, like I said, it's a very real possibility of that happening uh and boy if i would have asked you know what went wrong that would have been a laundry list that that i would have gotten a response out of myself from because pretty much everything that could possibly have gone wrong this year has for the tigers at the major league level um so this game like i said fun to watch uh, you know optically fun close games are always cool extra innings Very fun night for for Detroit. I I mean, like the Red Wings, you know, first game of the preseason back. We have a really fun time breaking that game down at Lockdown Red Wings. But this was was a cool one. So I guess I want to start – I think I just want to start with Joey Wentz, to be honest with you. Uh, This was not a very great performance, I didn't think, by Joey Wentz. He was five innings, five hits, three earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. The biggest thing in this one was his fastball was pretty ineffective. And whenever that happens, with anybody, it's really hard to pitch well at the major league level without your fastball either being one of two things. A, great command. B, a swing and miss pitch. You don't have either of those going for you. It's going to be a rough one if you're at the major league level. You very seldomly will see a pitcher thrive in the majors without a fastball that does one of the toes two things relatively consistently. Now, Joey Wentz has shown signs of good fastball command. He has shown signs of swing and miss with the four-seam fastball. That's been a thing that he's got, especially when he goes up in the zone. Tonight, however, didn't have it. Uh, Did not record a single swing and a miss on the four-seam fastball and only had four called strikes on the four-seam fastball. He threw 70 pitches, his CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs percentage in the outing was 24%, which isn't, it's like a pretty bland number. It's not really bad, but it's not really in the category of like, oh, I'll raise your eyebrow. This is pretty decent too. Like it's just kind of a meh performance uh, overall with that. But when you look at the individual pitches, he threw 31 four seam fastballs. That's the most of any other pitch. That's almost half, right? 70 total pitches. Almost half of his pitches were The four-seam fastball, he had a 13% CSW percentage on the four-seam fastball. It got put in play six times. It got fouled off six times and was only thrown 31 times. Not great. Average exit velocity for the four-seam fastball, 97 miles an hour on six balls put in play. It's a pretty hefty sample size to be averaging 97 miles an hour. Uh, The the weakest hit ball off of the four-seam was 87.2. The highest was almost 107. So really got hit hard with the fastball. Pretty ineffective pitch. Now, the adjustment that I did like was the cutter. I actually thought was a really solid pitch in this one. And when you don't have the four seam working, to be able to go into your bag of tricks and pull out another variation of a fastball and still have an effective night is a great sign. And that's what he did with the cutter. Uh, threw it 22 times, just under a third of his total pitches on the night where the cutter got six whiffs on it, only had seven whiffs in the game. Six of them were on the cutter, 41% CSW on that pitch. Very, very effective, right? And I, and I thought that when he lost the 4 command and he went, which was pretty early on, and he kept trying to throw it, and I, and I respect it and I appreciate that, but at the same time, well, I guess it really just has to do with where we're at in the season. If we were really trying to win ball games, I'd be like, hey, maybe stop throwing the four-seam. But at this point, we're just working on his development. We're just trying to get him to, to develop himself to, to be a solid major league starting pitcher. Sure, just keep going back to the well and seeing if you can find something late in the game or an outing. I guess that's fine. But uh, I, I really liked how he paired the cutter and the changeup. I thought that those were two pitches – When you look at the velocity of them, they go about the the exact same velo. His cutter is about 84 miles an hour average on the season, and the changeup is about 84 miles an hour averaged on the season. So I, I thought that his tunneling of those two pitches was really good. I thought his pitch mix of those two pitches was really good. It's just unfortunate that the most used pitch and the pitch that's supposed to set up those two was then ineffective. You get what I'm saying? But those two pitches, I, I thought, were were pretty solid. Um, threw the curveball five times as well. The fourth pitch that he threw uh, had a decent night with it. I mean, only five times, whatever. But I, I thought the the cutter and changeup when thrown on back-to-back pitches, I, I thought actually worked out pretty decently for him. Neither got hit very hard the entire night. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that, that that was the good sequencing. It was the four seam that – and when you don't have a good four-seam fastball, you're not really able to sequence really anything because that's the starter pitch. That's the setup pitch for for you know 80% of starters at the major league level. That That's just how it is. So rough night, but still encouraging in some areas. I'm really intrigued on what's going to happen with Joey Wentz this offseason. And yeah, I, I, I not this offseason because he'll definitely be on the team next year. But going into next year, I guess I should say, I'm really intrigued on what kind of role he's going to have within the organization or the Detroit Tigers? Um, three, yeah, but but this one, the the really big thing was just no fastball command, and that led to a slippery slope of an evening. Uh, still, uh, not a not a horrible performance, and and one that we certainly were able to overcome, obviously, and get a win. Three runs in five innings, not the end of the world. ERA on the year is now three five one. Okay, let's get into you know what we had a lot of relievers pitching this game i'm realizing so let's let's do the bullpen next we'll save the offense for last in this one but first i gotta tell y'all about our friends over at blue Chew. uh summer is winding down the nights are getting light are getting longer uh and that's right this episode is brought to you by blue chew we all know that confidence can take you far in life guys that's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of they're licensed medical providers, and and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. It's that simple. The best part is it's all done online, so there's no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and are prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. With Blue Chew, Men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package arrived, your package has arrived. They always say first impressions are most important. Blue Chew certainly does that as well. So if you could benefit from extra confidence, when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Okay, so let's get into the bullpen. There are a lot of relievers in this one. Jason Foley pitched. Uh, You know what? This was a weird performance for me, for Jason Foley, because I thought that he had his swing and miss stuff that he has with the sinker, and he had his pitch-to-contact stuff that he has with the sinker. However, the ball was hit very hard off of the sinker, and that's something that I'm not really used to with him uh definitely uh, again limited the damage didn't give up any runs all great but I I, I liked him so much because that sinker was so effective as a pitch to contact ground ball pitch and as a swing and miss pitch and a nights like this where it's just kind of one or the other he's not as effective but again still kept a clean sheet didn't allow any runs to score while he was in the game. Uh, We're going to save DeJesus for last because I think that's the most fun person to talk about in this one. Daniel Norris got one out, and it was a strikeout through four pitches. Good for him. Don't think this performance really changes anything, uh, my my thoughts on him or anything going forward. I don't think he'll be on the team next year, but still a really cool story. And, yeah, four pitches. They were all effective. Good on Daniel Norris. Jose Cisnero. My relationship with Jose Cisnero in 2022 – can only be ruled as toxic. That That's really the, the only way to describe it. Um, I, I thought that the slider looked good. I liked that he threw it a, a hefty amount. I thought that the four seam was decently effective. I would have liked to seen the sinker more because I think that that is his best pitch. But again, we have a really solid uh, frame with him, right? We have a really solid inning. No hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. That's really solid but I still don't feel like this is 2021 or 2020 Jose Cisnero. He's got a one, two RA. he just threw a perfect inning. I know, but it just, it, it doesn't, it's not the same. The velocity is still way down from last year. Um, I, I still think that he's leaving a lot of pitches up. We'll see what happens with him this offseason. We'll see what, what Scott Harrison co view him as long-term because uh, I, I, I mean, has good numbers been effective just on a on a more base level or or a more just kind of eye test level not not the same as last year. So we'll see what happens with that going down the road. Uh, and then Alex Lang, filthy. you know, he's had a roller coaster of a season. I think at the very beginning of the year, he started off kind of all over the place, but for the most part, rather, for the most part. Uh, In the first half of the season, he was very effective. Then right after the All-Star break, Sonic kind of started slipping. And then by August was honestly just a train wreck. It was not, he was not a very effective pitcher in the month of August. And then September rolls around and he's prime Mariano Rivera. And it's just, no one can hit him. He looks fantastic in this one. Uh, Still, I mean, obviously some stuff that, that needs to be tightened up and whatever with, with mechanics needs to be more repeatable mechanics uh, because sometimes he gets a little flaily. And I think that that's one of the reasons that his command wavers at times, but at the end of the day, just the most incredible stuff on par with anybody in the history of baseball when it comes to just stuff, just stuff. I promise I'm not getting ahead of myself. Just as far as movement and, and nastiness of pitches, He's up there with anybody you've ever seen. And that is shown in his whiff percentages by all of these pitches and just overall this season. It's just a matter of honing in that that command and being that efficient, effective pitcher along with it. He's got a really high ceiling. And honestly, I think we're kind of seeing-ish the floor. So really pumped for the future of Alex Lang. Uh, Going to get a really serious look at at getting more and more high leverage situations next year. Uh, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, I want to put all the pressure on the kid for for good reason, because I think he can handle it. Love me some Alex Lang. Okay. Now let's get to the most uh, fun, honestly, like probably moment of the game for me personally. Like I, I just, I, I love watching pitchers and Jesus coming back up. He's had a, some some decent outings and some not decent outings for the Detroit Tigers this year. So seeing him back up uh, was a really cool thing. The sinker is nasty, man. That thing moves like crazy. It, it really is a, a nasty pitch. And I think his slider will play too. Uh, there, there, he's a little inconsistent with slider shape, right? When you watch his slider, it doesn't look like the same pitch. He threw it 12 times in this one, right? He almost threw two innings, one and two thirds, and then Norris came in at the end to close the door, but I mean, one and two thirds, no hits, no earned runs, one walk, no strikeouts, uh, but not due to a lack of, of movement on his pitches. I'm really excited about his sinker just in the same breath as Foley. I think that thing moves a ton Uh, average 95 miles an hour velocity wise, really excited about it. Uh, The the slider, like I said, the, the thing, with the slider for him is it just, it, it doesn't look like it's being repeated every time in the sense that it doesn't look like the same slider all 12 times that he threw it. Sometimes, and, and not that there was 12 unique shapes either, but like it, it was just inconsistent where sometimes it looked a little, maybe a little more hung up there and sometimes it had a little more bite and sometimes it dived down quicker, almost like a curveball like slurve type of thing and sometimes... It just, it it was a little inconsistent for me, but uh, I I still think it'll play. I still think some of the shapes that it took tonight, shape-shifting pitch, I thought some of the shapes that it took in this one were really solid. And and again, if he can just have decent command with that sinker, which I thought he did in this one, um, uh, you know, I think that he can be a really effective pitcher. And, And a pitcher that can go multiple innings. That's the cool thing about dudes that, uh, a used to be starters, which is a lot of these guys, but B uh, dudes that can have a pitch that can go pitch to contact like that and have such an effective ground ball pitch and a sinker that has, man, it moves so much. It moves so much. I really do like him. I hope that he sticks around and we give him uh, more opportunities and more of a look next year, whether that's in Toledo or at the major league level, whatever they want to do is fine. But I, I hope that he's not a casualty of the offseason. Not gonna not gonna lose sleep over it if it does, but uh, I really like what I see stuff wise out of uh, Angel Jesus. Okay, I think that's everything for the bullpen. Let's get into the offense right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Okay, so offensively in this one. A lot of hot and cold, yes and no. A lot of inconsistent. They had eight hits, scored four runs in 10 innings. Uh, also had four walks, so had 12 base runners total. I love four walks. I love it. And I thought that, well, four walks is actually not even truly true. That made sense. What? Javi's was intentional and Haas's was intentional, right? So two drawn walks, one by Riley Green and one by Spencer Torkelson. We'll get to Torque in a second. Javi Baez, man, that that was rough. That was really rough. And, like, I I keep trying to find ways to word it when discussing him and analyzing him, I I keep trying to find ways to really hone in on the fact that like the raw talent, like there's, it still is there, but golly, some really terrible at bats in this game and highlighted by bases loaded, eighth inning, two hitter strikeout with a slider that was thrown in the other batter's box. I mean, Just inexcusable stuff. And I I maintain what I said last week. I, I maintain the fact that I don't think he's as frustrating as a player when he is like the fourth through sixth best hitter on your team. And I think you're a lot more okay with what he does and who he is as a player when that is true. But in the same breath, I think it's pretty clear after this season, best player on the team, Javi, is is a, just like not where he is a- anymore. Like we saw the MVP vote season when he was in Chicago. That's just not who he is anymore. And yeah, uh, it's, I mean, that, that was really brutal. That was really brutal. Um, Riley green in this one. Look, I, this is a good stat line, but I, I really wasn't blown away. And I, I've he part of his development and part of everybody on this freaking team's development is going to have to be clutch hitting. And he did not have it in this game, honestly, and not just like unclutch clutch hitting, like honestly bad at bats. Like his, his last two ABs in this game were bases loaded one out and then runner on third one out in extras. And I thought that they were both pretty poor at-bats. And I don't think he would tell you differently. But just, like, gets himself into a hole immediately and, like, isn't able to either – isn't able to take advantage of strikes that are thrown to him, fastballs that are thrown to him and and can't do damage on them and then finds himself 0-2 or is being overly aggressive and swinging pitches outside of the strike zone. Like, whatever it is, it's almost – it's different every at-bat, but it's – I don't know if it's just like a jumping out of his shoes, like he really wants to come through in the clutch moment, so he's being too aggressive and, and gripping the bat tight, or what it is, man. But I, I mean, golly, two really poor at bats with in like huge situations in this game, and that's obviously something that he's going to have to develop through. Um, yeah, that that one in the tenth inning, especially that that was a really not good at bat, and and ended by a, a, you know in the same breath we talked about Javi. That was a curveball that was almost in the right-handed batter's box. Um, that Riley green swung at there to, for the final strike. So while well, he did have a good game and still a couple of knocks is great. A walk is fantastic. Very good stat line. They, they ruled the, you know, fielders choice. The Torgelson at the plate thing was a hit for him. Sure. But like uh, neither at, at bat with in, in the two biggest situations of the game, neither of them were very good at bats to me. But again, the other at bats were all very solid in the same breath, and and I'm really, I think he's headed in the right direction. I think he's starting to make adjustments. You can just watch him, and you just know, right? Like you just feel, and you're like, this dude is him, and he's going to be something special. And I still maintain that, but I think that's just the next step in his development. Is just you know a little bit more timely and a little more clutch hitting. Okay, here's my episodely scratchy nose. I don't know what it is, dog. I'm up, like. Maybe it's just like I talk and like I have a pretty big nose. So maybe it's just like like I talk and, and the vibrations from my vocal cords come up and make my nose vibrate. Is that a thing? Seriously, is that is that a thing? Because it's like always in the third segment too. I, I did a Red Wings show before this too. So I've been talking for like almost an hour straight right now. Like maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know, but it it's it's ridiculous and it happens without fault like toward the end of every single show. And I don't know how to stop it. Anyway, Spencer Torkelson is what I want to talk about next. Um, Holly, <sighs> you know, right when we start talking about, I, I'm just, I'm so desperate for something positive to talk about with this team, as far as the play on the field. And He was doing well, and his numbers were good after getting recalled, and and his at-bats did look better. And I thought that he was taking advantage of pitches that were right down the middle. And then we have games like tonight where he doesn't do any of those things, and he has 75 hanging breaking balls down the middle and doesn't hit literally any of them well. And he did draw a walk, and that was a fine at-bat. But I just... I I just, I want some consistency and I'm sure he does too. And, and, you know, and and I'm sure he wants to be performing better than he is currently as well. But I mean, golly, just really frustrating that, you know, it, it just with everybody on this team, it's felt like we we've done the one step forward, two steps back thing all year with like everybody. And I just want somebody to just break through and just be consistently good and consistently headed in the right direction you know what i mean especially the guy we took you know in the top five if you want to include everybody in that or all of our first round picks and and whatnot like there i just i just want something to point at and go wow this dude's really heading in the right direction this looks great so maybe it's just a one game thing get back on, you know, bounce back tomorrow, hopefully, and and the rest of the season, maybe he does well. That's what we're going to hope for, but definitely something that was noticeable in this game. Um, Akil Badu, I thought was effective, really smart play, bunting at the end of the game there. Um, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Kreidler uh, didn't really, I don't know why. I, I meant Kerry Carpenter and I said Ryan Kreidler. I'm not sure where that came from, but um yeah, Kerry Carpenter got you know some wood on the ball, but wasn't really too effective in this one. I like him batting higher and higher in the order. The biggest thing in this game that, that we haven't talked about yet is just Harold Castro. And, and I, I guess we'll end on that. Harold, three for five, three RBIs, and we scored four runs, including the walk-off and the game tire. Like, he was, you know, he, he was great. The thing with Harold... Is when it comes to the philosophy of this team next year, it's a question mark, right? If he fits into that bill, but just a dude that takes professional at-bats every time he's up there, they're not always pretty, but he will grit and grind his way through every single at-bat. He'll, he'll be a professional. I didn't think that at-bat at the end of the game was very good, but it got us a walk-off win still. So like, who am I, Right. And he's not really a good defender anywhere. I've said this before. He he can defend like six different positions, but he doesn't particularly defend any of them that well. He, he did have a nice play at third in this game, admittedly. Had a nice play at third. It, it is the reason, the biggest reason, right? If you, WPA win probability, right? Like he he is the biggest on the team easily. But I I wonder. Games like this is what really makes me wonder. Like, is he just you know, in a dumb class and like seems a little bit better than maybe he actually is. And I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on, but you know, he, he really does take professional at bats and is really good at getting the bat on the ball. Like he's going to put the ball in play. This dude has a 275 batting average and a sub 700 OPS. He's an anomaly and I love him. His before this season, I'm pretty sure coming into this year, He was a career, like 298 hitter with a career sub 700 OPS. Miraculous. I I love it. That shouldn't be possible, but I love it. And so I just, if that, if depending on, on how much of, uh, how much stake we are going to take in the Scott Harris introductory presser and what he said that with all the stuff and, and, you know, strike zone and, and how do we want to take at bats and all that, I, I put a question mark next to Harold Castro's name, but I, I just, you know, if this is one of the last great Harold Castro moments, I just want to say it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. And he's been a fun storyline to watch through a, and he's been such an anomaly and such a fun, I mean, like hitting Harold, right? Like the nickname, he's just going to go up there and he's just going to get his single and go home. It's been a joy, Harold. And uh, I think there is a place out for, for on the roster for Hill Castro next season. I'm not saying that they should just like cut ties with him. I think there is a role that he can continue to carve out year in and year out. And I think that he plays an important role that every team needs. I, I just, I put a question mark whether that is with the Detroit Tigers or not. There's still a very real possibility that it is. Again, not saying that it's not going to happen, but um, regardless of the future. It has been an absolute pleasure hitting Harold and thank you for, uh, for, for s- some funny and fun storylines in a last in an era, which did not have very many. Uh, we, we all, I, I, I know I speak for everybody. We, the city greatly appreciates you. All right. Thank you for making lockdown tigers. Your first listen every day. And i make your second listen to lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert, Paul Francis Sullivan, Brings humor and passion and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast. Locked on MLB on the Odyssey at YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. That's all I got for you. Let's make it five. Let's keep winning. Let's try and find a way to avoid an 100-loss season. Sounds good to me. What are we, eight? We have 92 losses with nine games left. It would take a pretty catastrophic failure to finish this season at 100 losses given where we're at but i'm not counting anything out with this team peace and love going to therapy's dope i'll catch y'all tomorrow baby go tigers